welcome to the Autism Grown Up Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tara Regan, and I'm also the founder and executive director of Autism Grown Up, the namesake for this podcast that you're listening to right now. We are all about sharing stories and strategies when it comes to autism and growing up, so thank you so much for listening today. For today's episode, I am sitting down with Megan Carranza, who is an autism mom and the host of another podcast called Adventures in Autism. She's been hosting this podcast for a little over a year now as of this episode airing, and she's usually interviewing, um, sharing her story as an autism parent. She has a son named Logan who is on the autism spectrum, and so she shares a little bit about her journey on the day-to-day front and is such a great podcaster. I love her work and so grateful to have her on today. So let's just jump right in. Megan, welcome to the Autism Grown Up Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, Tara. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, especially, um, it was just so great being on your podcast. I wanted to get you on here, talk about your journey as an autism mom and with your podcast. Yes, I love a good pod swap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you are um, the host of Adventures in Autism. And uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and the podcast itself? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Megan and I have three kids. I have Logan, who is my oldest and he is on the spectrum. Uh, He will be seven in December. We're coming up, getting close to his birthday. Yeah. And then I have a little girl named Liliana and she is three and a half. And then an 18 month old little girl named Layla. And I'm married to my husband, Manny. We've been married for almost eight years now. Mm-hmm. And we live in like the Chicago suburbs. Okay. I love so how- that. Us. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love how y'all have um, L names for kids. Yeah, because you're the T team. We are. <laughs> <laughs> it honestly, I always let. So I came from a family, we're all M's. So I'm Megan, my sister's Melissa, my brother's Matt. My, my maiden and my, my name used to be Mitchell. So we were like double M's. Yeah. Uh, and my mom is always like, you need to do that with your kids. And I was like, mom, I'm not going to do that. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then I picked Logan. He, that's really the only name that I like really picked. Um, okay. So I just always loved that name. And then when I was pregnant with Liliana, I, I actually, I don't even, oh, I like the name Isla. Like you, names are hard. But my husband, my sister suggested um, Liliana and my husband like clung to it. So then we had the two L's and then okay. when we, when we got pregnant with Layla, which was a surprise, we yeah. were like, okay, well now, now we got to keep up with it. And I actually always love the name Layla. So I was happy to use that. So yeah, I got the oh. L's. It accidentally all together. Yeah. But it all works out. The universe is a little bit crazy like that, huh? It's so true. Yeah. That's exactly how it worked with my family too. Cause mm-hmm. um, it was us two first, me and Tyler, and then eight, a span of eight to nine years and and my mom was like, oh, well, let's name the last two with cheese. Yeah. I mean, it's like, if you start the trend, you kind of got to finish it. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a rule of three or rule of four. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's us. And then as far as the podcast goes, it's been like a little over a year now. And I basically, after my son was diagnosed, which was in 2016, I just, or I'm sorry, like early 2017, I just really felt like I needed an outlet and I, I love listening to podcasts. So I was like, oh, I bet I could find like a good autism podcast to listen to. Cause I found a bunch of autism blogs and, you know, articles and stuff. Cause after Logan was diagnosed, I was, my head was spinning for sure. I knew nothing about autism mm-hmm. and not only was I, I wanting information, but I was really just wanting like a sense of community and support. And I had that in my family and friends, but I just, I really, I didn't know anybody who had a child with autism and I just didn't know. I didn't know what our lives were going to look like, like going forward. And I just wanted to hear from people who had like lived it, were were living it. So like I said, I just started looking for an autism podcast and this was a few years ago and there was like nothing. (laughs) I could really only find shows that were either like hosted by doctors that were I mean, good information, but not necessarily like what I was looking for or they were like out of production. So, you know, the, the info was dated and it was just, I was shocked that I couldn't find like kind of a show like mine, which is basically just like me talking with other parents and professionals and experts in the field. I talked with therapists and people on the spectrum themselves. And it was just like, it seemed really crazy to me that that didn't already exist. So I was like, you know what? I'm like, I should really start an autism podcast. And I honestly, I sat on the idea for like almost two years. And then I finally was just like, all right, it's now or never. I got to figure this thing out. So yeah, it was just like a little over a year ago that I got started and it's been just incredible. Just amazing. I've made so many amazing connections with people like you and other autism parents. And I just, I've learned so much. And it's just been, I, I'm so thankful that I, I figured it out and took the risk because it's been very rewarding. Yeah, I'm thankful too, because it's definitely <laughs> a podcast I recommend to so many families I'm working with. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's such a great application of um, just learning more about other people's stories and their day-to-day mm-hmm. lives. And it's like such a nice it's so diverse in the way that you mentioned, like you work, you mm-hmm. talk to therapists, other parents, other podcasters, autistic adults, and other siblings mm-hmm. and things like that, other folks. Yeah, I try to have like a really good variety. Just recently, I've had more dads coming on. When I first started the show, I was, I wanted a variety. I was hoping for that. Yeah. But for some reason, like I wasn't getting a lot of dads. <laughs> I think it's harder, a little bit harder for men to open up. I mean, that's a stereotype, but I think it's somewhat true. And I would get messages from dads being like, oh, I listened to the show. And a lot of them being like, yeah, I'd be interested, but then like kind of backing out. Mm -hmm. So just, just more recently, I've had some more dads come on. So yeah, my, my, it's really for everybody. It's for, you know, I I just recently heard from a a grandma who was like, it's my, I'm actually, you know, a grandparent with a child in the spectrum. And she was saying how much she loved it. So I, and that's, that's my goal is just for for everyone to be able to listen and kind of take something away from it, hopefully learn something, but really just feel like supported. Yeah. 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 And feel heard like their voice or their representation is showing up. Yeah. Cause I'm having actually so many grandmothers in my community now and I'm like, Oh my Mm -hmm. God. Right. Yeah. Well, and I get it. Cause like my, my mom is a super involved grandma and, 
um, I mean, I think for her too, like we're, we're all on this journey in a different way. And I've said it before, but I think like when one person in the family has autism, like the whole family kind of has autism. I don't mean that to sound bad because I, I honestly see it as a positive because mm-hmm. I feel like we have all like grown and learned so much as individuals. Yeah. So, but what I mean is just like, we, we all view things in a very different way now than we did before. And like, I just recently had my sister on the show who's like an autism aunt and she's a very involved aunt. And I, I, it was interesting even hearing her perspective on things because, you know, obviously my husband and I, we're the ones who deal with everything like day to day. And, you know, we have like the, I don't want to say the brunt of it. I'm trying to think of a nicer word to use, but the lion's share, we have the lion's share of it. Yeah. Um, which is great. We love it. But it's, it is really interesting to see like the trickle down because then obviously like, you know, my daughters, just like you, like they are, they are growing up with autism, like all the time. Yeah. And then our extended family. So it's, like I said, I honestly view it as a positive thing. And I, I feel that more and more as, as I get older, as the girls get older, as time goes on, I, I, I really do see just so much like beauty in, in all of this and special needs in general, I think that there was a time, because like I said, I didn't know anybody who was on the spectrum. And I even had very limited kind of interaction with special needs in general. And there was a time when I, I feel like I, I viewed like a special needs family in like a certain category of like, oh, well, you know, they're, like they have different, I mean, it's a different situation, but yeah. really like, special needs families are the same as typical families. We just happen to have this like extra layer of things, but like we do all the same stuff or we like to do all the same stuff. We're, you know, I, I am no different from any other mom, but it's just like, there's just kind of this, this extra layer of things that, like I said, I, I honestly didn't even, I didn't think about it too much before, but I didn't realize it either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I like that phrasing that you had said of like it's just like an extra layer on your life or I say that a lot I I always like there's just another layer of it because I think we all have layers you know like we all have a lot of layers and some are good some are bad um and autism is is just an extra layer to our family and like I said I I honestly view that as a positive thing yeah yeah I love that I'm gonna take it for sure take it take (laughs) it that's a great description of like what an identity kind of looks like um that I think a lot of self-advocates and autistic adults are trying to portray portray in on Instagram and social media Mm -hmm. of like Mm -hmm. what neurodiversity actually like looks like um it looks different for everyone it's gonna be different for everyone uh, and I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I love that you um, kind of going back to what you were talking about before, where you said you didn't see any podcasts that were like current, up to date, mm-hmm. like on um, family or um, support network focused. And I love that you went out to like go fill that gap after spending <laughs> some time on it, thinking about it. But now that you are doing this, it's meeting a huge need and actually reflecting some of the major things that like I like to talk about with autism growing up and mm-hmm. finding your people, like who is going to yeah. be your support network. And these are all the folks that can be involved from aunts to grandparents, to employers, mm-hmm. other like neighbors and community members. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And I, I feel like I always try to 
come off with like that sort of vibe is that I want, I would love for you to learn something from the show. I have learned so much from the different guests that I've had, whether they are, you know, autism parents like me or they are professionals. But I think because I, I don't have, you know, any like special title or anything. (laughs) So I always feel like I don't want to come off like I'm like telling you really anything, but I want you to feel supported. I want you to, to come listen to the show and feel like, these are my people. These people get it. They get me. They get what I'm going through. And always in a positive way, because that's just my mentality. Like I, I mean, there's times when it's emotional. I've definitely cried on the show before. I'm a very emotional person. <laughs> but in general, I I really do try to look at like the positive side to things. So yeah. like I said, I just I want it to feel like very supported. I want to hold that space for my guests and the listeners, mm-hmm. but I always wanted to have like a positive vibe even though I definitely do get really honest and I share kind of the, the good and the bad. Right. Yeah. That's just a, bar, a part of like facilitating that kind of space for yourself and for others. And um. Yeah. Well, like I was, I was, um, I was reading somebody else's post recently. I can't remember who it was. And it was um, somebody commented and they were like, I feel like so much of what I see, it's, I mean, it's with anybody, it doesn't matter what the topic is, but you know, on like Instagram or Facebook, it's, it's such a highlight reel, you know, you see all the happy times and, you know, as an autism parent, there, there is so many happy times and the happy times honestly do outweigh the bad times. But I, I still think it is so important to share all of that and give like a really full picture. And honestly, like it is, it's scary and it's vulnerable and I never want to come off like I'm complaining. So I always feel like a little nervous sharing those kind of posts. But at the same time, I don't, I don't want to come off like it's just the highlight reel. I want to talk about like the real stuff because that's the stuff that I'm interested in too, you know? Um, And that was like what this commenter was saying to the the person was like, you know, I I feel like I'm happy to, to hear about the successes, but it's like, sometimes that's all you see on like Instagram. So I, I really do try to paint like a a really honest picture, but like I said, still doing that in like a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it makes me curious then, do you see as like your Instagram as kind of like an extension, more of a connector type of thing between your podcasts and folks who listen? Yes. Yeah, I totally do. And honestly, I wasn't necessarily expecting that. Like I started, I started the Instagram the same time that I started the podcast and there's a Facebook page too. Um, and I, I, I mean, I was hoping to, to hear from people, but I feel like it really, like you said, it really has been an extension. Cause I mean, like I, I definitely get, you know, just emails, but I, I hear so often from listeners, mostly on Instagram, but on Facebook too. And I, like when I put out a new episode, you know, someone will say like, Oh, I listened to this and I love blah, blah, blah. Or cause I do, I will do like solo episodes where I just kind of do like some kind of updates about what's going on with us because it's like seems like we always have something new <laughs> happening. I call the show Adventures in Autism because it really is like always an adventure. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, so I like to and, and I like that when I listen to podcasts, like I like hearing what's going on with the host. So I try to to throw those in every now and then. Um, but it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, a solo episode that I did or just with a guest. I, I get a lot of feedback on social media, which I, I love because I love hearing from the listeners, but yeah, it's, it's been really awesome to kind of create the, the community just sort of overall with, with listeners in whatever medium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's 
really interesting too from yeah from hosting this podcast and like I think the most consistent way for me to show up on Instagram and social media I think is just sharing the episode because I think that tends to reach more people even more so than just like a regular post sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I share the episode every week because Adventures in Autism comes out every Wednesday (laughs) so I always share and and I always will share like photos of the guests because I like to put a face to the name and or the, the voice I should say so I always will, will share and give a kind of little backstory in the episode but I do share a lot of like behind the scenes just with our family and kind of what we have going on because I, I I feel like as as an autism mom like I said there's just like always something happening so mm-hmm. the show is is really about everyone um, but I definitely share, I share a lot of our journey because I, I really value seeing that for other people. So yeah. hopefully people enjoy seeing it from me too. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. Cause it reminds me of, um, kind of our process growing up to, mm-hmm. um, now that both my brothers are adults, it's kind of mm-hmm. nice to think back to when they were that age and yeah. navigating, um, during that time period. So that's, I wonder if you'll look back on this as like a documentation yourself. That's kind of how I, I feel that that's what I would like it to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's, well, it's funny too, because my sister was just saying the other day, she's like, I love that you have the podcast now. Cause she's like, when somebody's like asking me about you or Logan, I could be like, Oh, just listen to this, this last episode she did with all these updates. And she's yeah. like, it kind of like takes some of the heat off me. And then one of my really close friends who I love, but of course I just don't get to talk to that often. Yeah. We were talking on the phone and she was like, I feel like I don't even need to ask about Logan because I just listened to the latest podcast. So I know what's going on there. So it's nice because not only, like you said, is it a way for, for me to just kind of crown everything and look back at everything, but also like my, my friends, my family mm-hmm. to kind of get like a more full view of what's going on if they're interested without, yeah. you know, making some big to do about it. Yeah, um, I didn't even think about that as kind of like an update thing. So yeah, always like having to share with totally with every single person because it can be so hard to keep track of sometimes. It's so hard to keep track of, and it's also like whenever I talk with somebody, you know, in person, it's like there's a million other things going on. It's very rare I get to like actually sit down <laughs> and have a conversation like I would on the podcast where I get like super detailed and explain things, which I, I mean, I'm sure it is like TMI and too much detail for some people, but if, if they're interested, then it's nice because it's yeah. like, I get to really, cause that, that was one thing that I, I used to struggle with it more, but I didn't like when I felt like they're like, I felt like in general, I, I wanted to be the one to kind of like control the conversation mm-hmm. with Logan, like in terms of Logan and like his, his therapy and just like all the kind of details of what's going on with him. Yeah. Because I would hear from like my mom or my sister, they'd be like, Oh, I, I talked to so-and-so and I was like telling him like this or that. And I'd kind of be like, well, that what you just said actually isn't the right thing. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'd be like, no, that's not it. So it's nice now because I can kind of direct people to be like, okay, like this is a very full and accurate, not that they were like doing anything wrong, but that was the thing for me, at least in the beginning that I did struggle with because I felt so protective of Logan and I still do, mm-hmm. but it was like, it was hard for me to, to think about like, I mean, not that they were doing it like in a gossipy way, but like, I didn't want to think about people like talking about him in a way that was not correct. Yes. Yeah. Which that's just me being like a crazy mama bear. 
like I said, I've chilled out a little bit. <laughs> I've <laughs> dried. Do with that then, like to feel a little bit more relaxed with like. I think the podcast. Yes, I think it's made me more relaxed. But I mean, I'll I'll be totally honest. I think that it has just made me more aware of a lot of things, and even more aware with like just my feelings around autism and, you know, having a child in the spectrum, I think that I've been able to honestly come to a better place of acceptance because of the podcast. Not that I wasn't beforehand, but, um, I feel like I, I talk to so many incredible people. And like I said, I learn each week and whether I learn something, you know, that's like, we can just apply it to our everyday life in terms of like a therapy or, you know, a new tool to try that stuff is great. But I also just mean like, I've, I've learned like a deeper understanding of just myself and my son and kind of like, like I said, just acceptance overall, mm-hmm. I, especially when I talk to people like, like you or other people who have, you know, adults with autism in their lives, because that for a long time for me was like a very kind of scary place to think about yeah. because, you know, Logan is, like I said, he's going to be seven. And right now it's like, he's, he's still a little boy Mm -hmm. and he is, I can take care of him in, in every single way. And it's not any kind of an issue, but I would think about, oh my gosh, like he's going to be an adult man someday. And how, how is this going to look? How is this going to be? And obviously it's different for everyone. So like your brothers, my other guests who have, you know, older adult children on the spectrum, everybody looks different, but just even getting that, that little glimpse into like, Hey, they're just, they're living their lives too. And they're doing okay. They're doing great. You know what I mean? Like that, that to me was just so valuable and it is so valuable. Um, so that's why I love talking to people with all different ages. I think there's like kind of something to learn from like any age group. Yeah. I was just going to sum it up that way too. Yeah. I think that's what helps um draw so many people to your podcast too and um there is still just so much to learn about autism in general Mm -hmm. I think that's such a great way to continue moving towards autism acceptance and understanding Um, yeah I think that I and that's something that I I've really learned over this past year from hearing from you know different parents is I think that they're I think that we are all on different journeys of acceptance. And I think that, and I, and I always kind of, I mean, I like to say it in a really like gentle and supportive way, but I just think that if you can get to a place of acceptance, everything is better. That's just my own take on it. And I, I think that, and I get it because there was a time when I was fighting it. I was fighting autism tooth and nail and I felt very, like I said, when Logan first got diagnosed and honestly, like leading up to that, because we knew the diagnosis was coming mm-hmm. for a long time. We were on like an eight month wait list to see the developmental pediatrician. So we knew it was coming, but at that time it was like, I, I just felt scared to be honest with you. Like that was really, cause I, like I said, I just didn't know what our life was going to be like. Mm-hmm. And then not even very long after he was diagnosed, I kind of realized like, Oh, our life is still our life. <laughs> like there wasn't some, you know, major thing that changed. I think that was kind of my first like lesson in acceptance. And it was a good like aha moment for me to be like, Logan is still the same kid that I had before that I fell in love with and I'm in love with. And our life is, it's still the same. And it's like, we still have 
the same challenges and the same successes. And we're just going to keep moving forward. So I don't even remember like what the question was, but, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, acceptance I think is, is so huge. And I, I mean, it's, it's still, it's still a journey for sure. Like I'm still on that journey, but that's, that's something that I I try to say to parents, like I said, in, in like a gentle way, but I think that acceptance is, it, it kind of will set you free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. So I bet you have a lot of parents who are navigating like the diagnosis process or yeah. would you say most of the folks that listen are, or the people that listen are kind of at that age range? In the beginning? Yes. It used to be like, that was all I, the people I heard from were people who were like very early in the process or still seeking a diagnosis or had just gotten a diagnosis. Now it's grown. And I hear from people like of, you know, all kind of walks of life and ages. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still do get a lot, a lot of people who have like newly diagnosed children and they're kind of like, I was like looking for a lifeline and, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm thankful that when they find the podcast, it's able to provide that for them. Absolutely. To be able to see what the future could look like. And it's not, some catastrophic events and yeah exactly I mean the future but also just like the day-to-day too because I mean like you know my son is still little but for a lot of people you know when when you have like a three or a four-year-old who were just diagnosed you know you can't even really see till next week let alone like the next year or the year after that so that's why like I said I think that it's it's valuable to hear from like all ages because I feel like with with every episode, every guest, no matter you know what their relationship is to autism, they everyone has a unique perspective to share, and I think we can really learn so much from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, kind of related to that, then, what are some common resources or tools that you turn to for your podcast, or typically recommend for families to use? Yeah. Um, okay, so I would say in the past year since having the podcast, I have even picked up more resources because honestly before I like I there I don't even know what I did before to be honest with you um but there recently I had a guest on named Mary Barbera who has an amazing website um just marybarbera.com and she shares so much amazing knowledge she has she has a great book too um mm-hmm. the verbal behavior approach which is like kind of her she's a BCBA. So she talks about all that. And she just has a lot of great resources, especially for those like newly diagnosed parents, because a lot of stuff for like little kids, like sleep issues and potty training and stuff like that. So she is a great resource in general. Um, and then I also, I recently had another autism sibling on Natalie Castro, who I actually told, I told her, I was like, you need to connect with Tara. I don't know if you've gotten in touch with her yet, but she has a, um, a Facebook and or a website and Facebook and Instagram called pieces of inspiration. And she also shares a ton of great info. She is an autism sibling with a adult sister on the spectrum. Um, and she's just kind of made, made this her life and her career and she's amazing and passionate. Um, so there's, that's like actual, if you're looking for like stuff to really kind of dig into, but as a podcaster, I love podcasts. So I have found several since starting my show, there's been others that started like around the same time or a little bit after. Mm-hmm. Um, so one that I love is my autism tribe. Um, the host Susan, she was, uh, I actually just recently recorded an episode with her. So that is coming out on, on my show on adventures and autism pretty soon. But I was a guest on her show a few months back and she also just has 
great guests on. We talk about autism and just their journeys. So that's a really good one. Uh, my friend Jody Warshawski has an amazing podcast called Accepting the Unacceptable, especially if we're talking about acceptance. <laughs> um, her daughter, she's a, a little girl on the spectrum. Her daughter, Remy, has autism and epilepsy. So she shares a lot about their epilepsy journey as well. So I've learned a ton from that. Um, I love podcasts in general because I feel like I can throw my earbuds in and like do the laundry or do the dishes or things that like need to get done, but are not fun. And at least I'm like entertained. So (laughs) that's, yeah, that's where, where podcasts like fit into my life. I also, I work part-time and I have like a 45 minute drive to work and everyone's like, Oh gosh, that's such a long drive. And I'm like, no, I love it. I like get to drink my coffee in peace. I throw on a podcast. It's like my happy time. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that would be the resources that I would recommend, but I'm, I'm finding new ones all the time. And honestly, just like Instagram, if you check out, there's so many awesome autism accounts that are run by people on the spectrum themselves or, you know, other parents or therapists. There's just, there, there's so much out there. I talked to a lot of parents who have, you know, like you said, like your brother's like older children on the spectrum. And I just feel for them so much because I feel like before like the internet and especially now, I just, I can't even imagine what, what you would do for resources and support and just like finding community. So, and and I think that I am like at this point now because I have all that. And I feel like the the, the moms that didn't have that, that must've just been like really, really tough. Yeah. Yeah. I can't speak for my mom or all other moms, but I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've had them say that on the show. So I mean, it's definitely, and, and I think that, you know, it's, it's just getting better all the time. Cause I mean, even like a few years ago, like when Logan was diagnosed, like I said, there was, there was some blogs that I found, but there really were no podcasts or the ones that I did find were just not necessarily like the ones that I'm recommending now. I just feel like are run by like super cool moms, who like are, are just people that I would want to talk to on any topic. So it's, it's nice that, you know, we can kind of come together with this sort of like this big thing that we all have in common. So true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That reminds me of a book I read in my autism class in college and it was written by two moms with two, I think at the time their sons had grown up. So they had documented both of their respective experiences and one son had like less support needs. He went on to college um, to become a vet tech or work in a vet's office and the other son needed more supports at home. And he, I think he currently lives in a group home, kind of switching mm-hmm. back and forth between a group home and an institution. And, but both the parents still, like the common thread was, like, there are no resources or support networks to turn to, mm-hmm. um, but we have each other. So that was. Yeah. Cause I honestly, like that would be like the takeaway from all this is like, whether it is, you know, an Instagram account or another podcast or a blog it's, it's just like finding these people who, who understand you and understand your situation. And I think that that alone is so powerful. Yeah. The people that get it, it just means that the world, it can really change your life. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So shifting towards our last couple of questions, uh, what are you excited about and looking forward to in the coming months? Okay. So we've had kind of a big thing happen over here. So my son, Logan is, I always say he's mostly nonverbal. I don't like to 
can totally identify him as nonverbal because he does have words and he communicates very well. So up until recently, he has used PACS as his primary communication, so the picture exchange system. And he has done very well with that, especially in the last like year and a half or so. He is just a little whiz with the packs. So his speech therapist was like, I think it's time for him to get a device in AAC. So I I was really hoping that that was going to be the case, but I wasn't sure. I, I just feel like that, that whole world was very new to me and I didn't know how to navigate it. So I was really glad that she agreed with me and she kind of took the reins for it. So yeah, so Logan has a speech device now. So it's it's an iPad with the program Touch Chat. And yeah, so he, he's been using it at school. We, we figured all this out. We kind of got everything in place at the end of last school year at his IEP. And then we did another meeting to kind of set it all up. But because it was going to be summertime, we had to wait until the school year started basically just so there was enough time, like for training purposes, as opposed to us bringing it home and then not really knowing what to do with it or not using it properly. So he's been using it at school since school started. And then, uh, just a couple weeks ago, he, we were able to bring it home. I went back to school for another meeting and his speech therapist was like, I think it's a good time now. And the main reason why we, we kind of started it at school and didn't bring it home right away was because people listening, I don't know how familiar they are with, you know, communication devices, but they are like very intense. (laughs) Somebody described it to me like it's like learning a new language. And that's honestly like the best way to put it. It's not as straightforward as like PECs would be where it's just like, you're kind of, you know, physically looking for these pictures. Like there's different screens and different groups with the words. So it's, there's definitely a learning curve. And I had, I went in early in the school year for like a training session with with a speech therapist and I was able to sit in on one of Logan's speech sessions with her, but she wanted to wait until he was a little more comfortable with it to send it home just because she basically was like, if we send it home now and you're both unfamiliar with it, it's going to be a lot more of me having to like be the one to kind of push it with him. And she's like, I, I know you have a lot going on. <laughs> I've got two other little kids. So she was like, let's get him a little more comfortable with it. And then, you know, we'll send it home when, when like everyone kind of knows what to do. So he had been using it in the classroom and getting more and more comfortable at school. He actually was barely even using his packs. So he was just using the device. So I went in for another meeting and we kind of went over things. Logan's BCBA came with us to kind of get her training and yeah, I came home and he's, he's doing really, really well. We still have like a ways to go with it, but he is using it more and more every day and we're, we're seeing more communication. So that would definitely be the thing that I'm excited for because I just feel like this is opening up a whole new level of communication for him. Yay. That's awesome. Yeah. We're super excited. I um I'm looking forward to hearing more about how it goes then. Um, oh yeah, I will definitely um, update. <laughs> yeah, so cool. Yeah, and I'll have to probably get some pointers from that too because both my brothers received communication devices with that same app. Mm, mm-hmm. And we're kind of at a loss for how to use it. We we received some kind of like basic training, or my dad did. Um, from because they received those iPads from their uh, Medicaid waiver funding. Mm, okay. And the training was like 30 minutes with my dad of like, here's the app, have fun 
here we go. Uh, so. Yeah, it's it is intense. Um, it's funny that you say that with Medicaid because I I so since I because I've been sharing like on social media, I haven't talked about it too much in the podcast yet. I'm I need to do a solo episode where I can kind of update because I get a lot of questions about it. Yeah. But a lot of people just ask me like, how do I get that? What do I do? And I, I totally understand because that's how I felt. Like I just wanted to get my hands on it, but I do feel like there is definitely, there's such a learning curve that goes into it. And I feel like there is kind of like a, like succession with it. Like, I don't think you should just like pick one up and be like, okay, we're going to use this. Like, I feel like it, it really does kind of need to be like the right time and use properly. Um, cause I feel like for you guys, like that seems like crazy to me that it's like, Oh, here, I'll show you this for 30 minutes. And then you're like, you're on your own. (laughs) We're lucky because the speech therapist has been like holding my hand through this whole thing. And like, every time I have a question, I can talk to her or like, she's updating it. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, it's intense. It's a lot. And it's definitely like you, you need the proper training on it for sure. Yeah. And like consistent use of it too. Yes. That, yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot more that goes into it than like his packs. This is like a whole new thing. So we are all still learning. There's, there's definitely a learning curve with all of us, Logan and myself and our whole family, but I feel like we're, we're getting there. I can see, I can see how it's going to be a really great thing. So good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it will, yeah, make such long ranging impacts on his communication for sure. So yeah, we, we are so excited about it. Oh, great. Yeah. I love, um, men's schools I worked at, especially the elementary schools I was in last year. One of the major things was to get teachers to use the devices that were written in the IEP goals. And mm-hmm. oh, well, we're pretty lucky Logan's school situation, honestly, especially doing the podcast and talking to people from like all over the place, I realize more and more how lucky we are. Um, because his teacher, she is super familiar with, with these devices. So he actually, I think he's like the third kid in his class to get one. So it's not like he's the only one with it. Um, so she is like, she's like a little whiz on the, on the device. So it's, it, yeah, getting, getting them to use it is, is been they're, they're totally on board with all of it. Um, but yeah, I could see where, cause it, cause it is one of those things where it's like, everybody has to be committed to this. So that was why Logan's BCBA came to the meeting to kind of get her training and then was sort of working with his RBTs then to like get them kind of comfortable with it. Um, it's yeah. Like, I feel like with us, like our, our team is, is so great and everybody has kind of like an all hands on deck mentality. Like they all work really well together. So we're very lucky with that. I'm big on like communication with the team and just all kind of being on the same page. And I'm always trying to, whenever people ask me for advice, like that's, I I hesitate to give any advice, but I think that's (laughs) communication in general, I think is just always good advice. Um, and just being like an open book with like what, what you need, what your kid needs, what, you know, your goals for them are, I just think all that is so important. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I about that for you. And then, um, how did, how can people listening to this episode get in touch with you or learn more about adventures and autism? Yeah, absolutely. So the show adventures and autism is available everywhere. You listen to podcasts. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's on like all all the major listening platforms like Apple and Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all that. So anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, and then you can find me on, like I said, Instagram, it's just adventures and autism pod. And I do share about the show, but also, like I said, a lot of like behind the scenes and what's going on with us. It's a lot more like up to date. I feel like because 
with the podcast, I only do a solo episode like once every couple months, I would say. So I share like kind of the day-to-day stuff on Instagram more. Um, and then also on Facebook, it's Adventures in Autism podcast, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. I love hearing from listeners and people who, you know, are in, in this same world that I'm in. Yeah. I, I love connecting. So yeah, find me. Yeah, I will link all of those <laughs> in the show notes as well as all the resources and tools you talked about. And awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for coming on, Megan. I so appreciate you taking the time to be here and all the work you're doing with your podcast. Thank you. And likewise, just right back at you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and taking the time to do so. And also thank you again to Megan Carranza for joining us today. I'll have all of her information, all of her social media info too, and the resources she mentioned in the show notes, which you can access at autismgrownup.com slash podcast. <laughs>